What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 307. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy. Uh, we talk about books, uh, television shows, Deathloop, the local news, and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello, hello. Uh, you took last month off, right? Yes. I think the last time I was here was in July, at the end of July, so the beginning of August. Yeah. Beginning of August. Yeah. I think last month we had forgotten one on your spot, something like that. There was some reason, it's but you're back. Busy. Yeah. Hadn't read a lot. Yeah. You're a busy lady. Uh, first thing I'll get to is the things that can get us some money. And maybe keep this podcast going. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash podcast You can go there, give a dollar more a month, get early access to the podcast. If you give enough, you can be a co-producer by my mother, Hurricane Haynes. Oh, not Hurricane Haynes. God damn, I just said his name for years, so it's so hard. I was <laughs> getting the same habit. It's my mother, Marcel Darmanish to bear. Uh, it's your boy H2.com. Graveyard Entertainment. And then for the month of October, we have Hexel. Uh, he said he couldn't g- figure out uh, Patreon, so he just sit- PayPal me the money. Well, <laughs> so, thank you. Thank uh, you. Shout out, Hexel. And um, we also have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast mo, or it's uh, spread my spread shirt, my spread shop. I don't know. I have a new one. I can't remember. I'll put a link, though, in the <laughs> podcast description for y'all to click on. And uh, also, if you're playing a podcast, hey, the Mo, I got two cool shirts that I just ordered. So y'all can think about it. For sure. Um, lots of stuff. So, Kubi, you've been reading lots of good books? Yes, I have, actually. I've done a lot of reading lately. Um, it's a mix of audiobooks and some that I've read uh, physically. Some books are not even pictured here. But what I have to start with is called The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes by... Alyssa R. Sloan. All right. And this book was really popular uh, a couple of summers ago, and it had um, a lot of buzz, but I wasn't really that big of a fan. I only gave it two stars. It was um, about this girl named Cassidy Holmes, obviously, who is a member of a girl group, like a pop group, and I think there are three other members and they just kind of take the world by storm. Cassidy specifically started off on a show kind of like American Idol. I think she was like a second runner up sort of situation. And so she didn't get the record deal. Super depressed. But the same label or company called her in when another girl group was missing one of their um singers and needed to fill it in. So she joins the band and then they become super famous. But the book opens up with her suicide. So you're supposed to be figuring out what happens. Before you say anything about suicide, I was like, oh, that's cool that it's like this fictional, like, non-high stakes singing story. It's <laughs> like, suicide. yeah, there's a suicide. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And I mean, it's it's the only reason I gave it two stars was because I just couldn't get past some of the 
I mean, the girl group's name is Gloss, which I guess is supposed to be like lip gloss, like lip gloss. Girls wear lip gloss. But to me, it's just so cringy every time you come. It's like gloss, gloss. How the else, girl group gloss. How like, else I don't would know. teen girls know they like them if they couldn't <laughs> relate through the name of gloss? And then, of course, you when you find out her reason for suicide, it is terrible. It's like a very horrible thing that she like feels guilty about something terrible that she did. And right. um, I don't know if it necessarily warrants killing herself, but it is pretty bad. Um, And then there is like some uh, trigger warnings for rape. And, um, you know, there's lots of storylines where guys are taking advantage of the girls in the group, like photographers, directors, right, um, other pop stars. And so it just has some assault scenes and a few things like that. Unplanned pregnancies, abortions, all kinds of things. But the unravel. Oh, and it also has some um, unexpected relationship among the ladies, love stories among of the course. girl groups. That Always they have, do. That they have to keep secret because, of course, they're a girl group that's super famous. And they yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a gay relationship in these books <laughs> so they can't get printed. Maybe. That's a theory. I mean, I'm not a for or against. I'm just saying it's in every book. Now that I'm looking back on it, maybe 2.5 stars. Maybe I was kind of harsh. I don't know. <laughs> Some people might really like it. Right. It was, I mean, it was a good story. Right. The, I don't know if I should have necessarily bought it. It should have been a library well, checkout. That probably- <clears throat> yeah, that one, that one could have been a library checkout. That's one I'll probably give away to someone and not really worry if I get it back. Right. Um, the next book I don't have pictured here because I lent it to someone, but I'll show it to you on my phone. You probably remember this one. It's called yep. Once There Were Wolves. It's probably one of my favorite books of the year. It's by an author named Charlotte McConaughey. And I have another book by her coming up. So not in this stack, but in the future. Um, so I really liked her a lot and I plan on reading more. But this book was a short read, but it went by really fast you couldn't you know it was i don't know it was just really good but it was about this biologist who moves to sweden to try to bring back wolves they have been killed over the years and there's no longer wolves in sweden and so her goal is to bring them back i think it's sweden nope it's scotland (laughs) anyway she brings them in and um she's supposed to be tracking them and monitoring them when all of a sudden, you know, the people in the village are angry because they are worried about their sheep. And there's a guy that ends up dead and everyone's going to blame the wolves. So the main character decides to bury the body. And the whole storyline is her like panicking that people are going to figure out that she was like hid the evidence, but she's also trying to figure out how the person was actually killed if it was from the wolves or somebody else might have killed them. She has reason to believe it could have been homicide, you know, like a murder. But um, there's also a love story. She has a sister that's uh, like a twin sister. You get their backstory growing up. And she also has this very strange condition where like she can physically feel any pain that others feel that that she witnesses it's like a psychological She's so empathetic it's like a psychological condition i don't know if there's any science behind that at all but um it's a interesting element to it that makes it to where it's like you don't think she could have possibly killed somebody because it would have 
she couldn't have ever like felt that pain. So you don't think it was her who killed the wolf or the man, but you got to figure out. I don't right. know. Any, anyway, it was a really interesting story. The writing style is probably what makes it so special. Not necessarily the plot line doesn't really sound intriguing, but it was very good. Lots of twists and turns. Um, also, it had some FYI for abuse, rape, stuff like that. Damn. So seems they all got to have that, too, these days. Well, everyone has trauma. Right. And people used to not write about it, I guess, as much. I don't know. Well, only men did. Was, you know, men used to do all the writing around here. The next one I read is also not with me because I lent it to someone because it's so good. I had to share it. But it's called Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. You did not like the cover of this one when I had it. You thought it was boring. Yeah, there's something about it that just seemed uh, generic. I don't know. Well, it's for those of you who can't see it, it is a picture of a forest that has like an axe because it is set in a community about um, tree toppers and loggers. You know, they own a company where they go and chop down trees and it's set in the 70s. And they also have this uh, chemical that they use to kill the underbrush, but allow their trees to continue to grow. And so the chemicals are poisoning the ecosystem and all the women in the community are or not all a lot are having trouble conceiving healthy babies. They're having lots of miscarriages. And then the ones that are born are often missing. Um. Well, in this particular case, like, their brains, like their skull never forms and their brains are missing. So they're not actually like healthy fetus babies. So it's like an Aaron Brockovich scenario. It's very similar. Very similar. And um, you have the main two characters are a husband and wife. The husband's a logger. The wife wants more children. So that's kind of where the story divides. And then um, it's just set through an entire year where um, Rich Gunderson, the main guy, takes out a huge loan against without anyone knowing and buys up this forest. But then because of this legal battle, he can't actually log it. So he's in trouble with losing the mortgage on their house and all this stuff. So it's a high pressure between um, the husband and wife because he obviously wants to log and she's wanting to win this court case so that they can't use the pesticides. So it tests their marriage and they also have a son who ends up going through a lot of stuff and, um, and I would say the warning on this one is that there is uh, some sad stuff that happens to a dog. That's always triggering for some people. Yeah. I know mean, in video games, people will get mad. We have to kill dogs games and they're like, can there be a patch where I can not kill it? Yeah. And I mean, I say that that other one might've been my top. This one was also like five stars. One of my all-time favorites. Cried all the way through the last 10 chapters. It was really good. Because that's what makes a good book. I mean, I like to be emotionally moved. And it's- right. I mean, I walk in, you'll just be like, put brushing the tears away trying to read. Yeah. <laughs> it happens from time to time. <laughs> I mean, the book that has probably made me cry the most was The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. And I seriously had to have a box of tissues beside me while I read that one. It was it was a hard one. All right. So those were three books so far. And the next one is an Alice Hoffman novel. 
It's called Magic Lessons. It's and about magicians. It's about witches. Yeah. It's the prequel to the Practical Magic series. You know the Practical Magic movie. I I'm, I don't know what that is, but I know you talk about I've it. I've read the book. There's the movie. There is also Rules of Magic, which was a prequel. No, sequel. Um, and then this one, which is a prequel. And then I mean, I get it's a series. I'm just saying I've never seen the movie. Okay. Well, there's only one movie, but it came out like in the 90s. Anyway, Magic Lessons is a prequel to Practical Magic, and it's more of like a historical fiction one where all the other ones are set in contemporary time. This one goes back to like the Salem Witch Trials, and um, it follows, can't remember the woman's name. It doesn't matter. It follows, uh, oh, it's going to bother me. (laughs) It didn't matter. I, I can't. Uh, Maria Owens is the main character. She, she's it's set in the 1600s when um, she is very young. She falls in love with oh, he's actually based on a real person. I uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Jonathan Hawthorne, one of the guys who was an actual preacher back in the day, and <clears throat> he impregnates her. And never marries her, but she has uh, this kid and she wants to be with him. So she travels to Salem and sets up in the woods. And it's basically people coming to her for help because she's a healer, not necessarily like a witch, but she is a witch. She's a healer. And um, I don't know. It's just a story of her trying to raise her daughter, but they get separated and... The daughter grows up, so you're following her storyline, too. And she decides that she's going to seek revenge. And so she becomes like the dark side of it. And she trades her magic for, um, well, she doesn't trade her magic, but she turns, she decides to become, I don't like a dark witch. I don't really know how to describe it without giving away too much of the storyline. But Maria has to go and save her daughter. And in the process, other people have to sacrifice their lives but do they really maybe they come back so good halloween book very good halloween book and she actually this one came out last year around halloween so i'm a year behind and there's another one coming out right now set um i don't i mean i know you like witches to me i could not watch another thing about witches again from the rest of my life but I really like the Salem Times. I think that setting is really interesting. Find nothing about like the Crucible. I know isn't actually. I mean, it's a commentary on communism, but it has the fun Salem setting, which isn't yeah, really so about witches at all. But it costumes has or the uh, set like the, any the setting like in a movie of that. I'm like, ah, oh, nothing about that looks entertaining or like I would want to go there. That Salem show that was on Netflix for a while. Yeah, it was like a WGN show. It was like some random channel that. Yeah, that um, made it. Yeah, that one wasn't bad, though. They had the crazy teenage girl that really stole yeah, the show. Yeah. Well, I didn't do a very good job describing this one, but Alice Hoffman's a really big deal. People love her, and it's because she's pretty good writing. I mean, the people that listen to my podcast probably don't really, you know, they're fine with the, that description. Oh, Okay. That takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, they don't even read. <laughs> okay, the next one I There's checked out from the library. For the TV shows. Um, yeah, that one has looks cool, trippy. 
It's called We Were Never Here, and it's a Reese Witherspoon pick for August, I think. And it is a thriller. It's by Andrea Bratt, Bartz, B-A-R-T-Z. Um, the Z means she was cool in the 90s. <laughs> um, but the book t- is about two best friends. It's a thriller. They like to go on backpacking trips in um, foreign countries once a year. They meet up <clears throat> and they spend several weeks together on vacation and the story opens up. You learn that a few years ago or a year or so ago in Cambodia, the main character, Emily was attacked by a handsome man that she had taken back to the hotel room. And in the process of the attack, her best friend, Caitlin comes in and together they supposedly accidentally kill him and then they have to get rid of the body because they don't want to get arrested in Cambodia. So they throw the body over a cliff without anybody finding them. And they start the story off like it's time to go on another trip. So this time they're in Chile and the same thing seems to happen again. But it's to Caitlin this time. And you get the impression that <clears throat> maybe it wasn't actually an accident because how does this happen twice And so the story follows Emily as she's trying to decide if Caitlin is actually doing this intentionally because she's trying to bond them for life, like to where they could never separate and always have this like trauma connecting them, this big, dark secret. And Emily actually wants to move on. She's got this new boyfriend and she's trying to separate herself and Caitlin gets really jealous and starts threatening her best friend with blackmail. Apparently she's been keeping evidence from both of these crimes that can connect Emily back to them. So Emily has to figure out how she's going to get out of this, how she can get rid of Caitlin, get away from Caitlin. I mean, I'm sure they're going to turn us into a show. Yeah, I really think it'll probably be a show. And you get a lot of uh, backstory on Caitlin that she's had some crazy stuff happen to her. Like, her, both of her parents were killed in a house fire. Her young friend committed suicide. Um, and it's like, how can all of these things just keep happening to this one person? So, um, but the end had a really interesting line. You came in. I was looking real mad. I don't know if you remember. And you asked me if it was good. And I said, yes. But I looked kind of mad about it. The last line kind of pisses you off, but in like a good way. So that was kind of a fun one. I think I gave it three stars, which for me means it was good. It wasn't like amazing, but it was a good thriller. Right on. Okay. This next one is called A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. And this one did really kind of feel unoriginal, but it was done well. It's kind of got that Dark Academy vibe with, you know, young wizard witches in a school. Um the school is dangerous. The stairways take you to unusual places, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, Harry Potter. But it's from the perspective of a girl and her name. I can't even remember. It starts with a G. It's kind of a hard one to say. Uh, but she is um, kind of an outsider. Surprising. And <clears throat> she ends up teaming up with like the top of the school. Unexpectedly, they are like partners all of a sudden and nobody can believe it because she's supposedly dangerous and he's just 
a superstar. But together they find other people to join their little group and they become allies as they try to beat this um, dark thing that's encroaching on the school. They have, you know, something ominous bad will happen if they don't all come together to save the day. So it's very, like I said, unoriginal. It seems very standard to a typical fantasy storyline if it was like your first one to get into you oh yeah yeah it's really well written but to me i've been there done that i'm not gonna bother with the sequel i mean i'm sure it's good because again the very last bit of this you're like oh i'll just go ahead and tell everybody at the very end you you learn that maybe she shouldn't be trusting this top guy of the school that maybe he actually does have a bad agenda um and so the sequel sets up where they're actually like dating and in a relationship, but maybe she shouldn't trust him. So I'm sure people will really get into that. That's different than Harry Potter. You know, that has a different. Yeah. It's like that you TV show. I haven't watched, but people. Yeah. We haven't seen that, but yeah. Or at least that's how I imagine it goes. Cause again, I haven't seen it, but. So um, the last book I have been reading, I'm not actually quite finished with it, but it's a reread for me. It's one that I used to read when I was in junior high. I got addicted to thrift books, which is an app on, you know, any phone um, where you can just search for books and they have everything for their used books, gently used. Some of them are new and um, you can get really good deals. And so I went through and found a bunch of my favorite books from when I was a kid that I no longer own or ever owned like this one which is called Look For Me by Moonlight by Mary Downing Hahn. It was a book I used to check out from the library. And it is about a haunted inn that this young girl uh, goes to stay in. Her name is Cinda and her parents are divorced and she usually lives with her mom and stepdad. But she's been sent to stay with her father and stepmom who own this spooky inn in Maine. Yeah, and off the coast of Maine. And so it's the middle of winter. It's really cold. No one's supposed to be at the inn. It's just like them for the winter. But this mysterious guest checks in. His name is Vincent. And throughout the story, you realize that he's a vampire. So it kind of has Twilight vibes, but it was written like 10 years before Twilight. This is set written in 1997. I only randomly know that because I looked it up. But um, the creepy thing I didn't realize about this book when I was reading it in junior high is that the main love interest is like a 30 year old guy. I mean, he's made out to be bad and she doesn't end up with him in the end. She ends up with this other side character who's her age. But um, like he saves her from the bad vampire. But it's a good Halloween book, so I'm going to finish it. But I've read it before. But it's kind of interesting rereading a book that I used to uh, like a lot when I was a kid. Right. That's fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, I play games I played as a kid all the time. So, I mean, that's more like that's the closest equivalent I would have. Yeah, I bought but. several. So there are going to be more that I'm going to reread. It was kind of a fun tr- looking them up. But there are a few I can't remember. And that's driving me crazy. I'll never know the title of a vague book description. So that's all the books I've read, I guess, in August so and how many you got September. For the year. That was it. That was my goal. That was 36. No, right on. So you're taking the year off. No, I have more to read. Yep. It can never be done. I see. Well, I mean, I've been like 
pretty slacking on the beat, Megan. You know, I thought I would never slow down on that. So sometimes you can. Yeah. Well, you know, 36 was kind of a low number for me. You know, in the past, I got up to 60. So I wouldn't say that I've necessarily achieved anything spectacular. But 36 is still commendable. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Um, So also, when you're here, we like to talk about TV shows. Yes. So I don't know if you made a list of that or not. I'm sure we've forgotten stuff. I didn't look at it before we started. So I'm yeah, I'm not sure if they're missing anything. But uh, we haven't really watched. I mean, we have watched stuff, but I feel like we watch a lot of like just dumb filler TV. Like, yeah, it's like background yeah. stuff when we're when I'm working from home. Yeah, but it seemed like we used to watch more stuff. I don't know if we really did. Well, I've watched quite a few things. I That's feel true. like I well, I rewatched. Well, first of all, at the top of my list, we finally finished The Wire. Yeah, finished The Wire. It's really really good. I think everyone should watch The Wire. Yeah, I'm really glad um, we watched it. I feel like it's interesting that during this time we were watching it, the main guy, the guy who plays um, Omar passed away. Yeah. And so that was a big deal for people around uh, the country. But I wouldn't have known about him. I mean, I guess I from Boardwalk Empire, but, you know, he was a Lovecraft country. There's been a few things we watched. But that was his first thing. And so it was good to really see what... um, kind of got him out there uh what else oh i rewatched sex in the city which for you was not anything interesting i mean it's you find it funny from occasion yeah there's a couple funny moments but it's yeah it's not one that grasps me at all i really like it it's fun it's lighthearted. it doesn't have anything too serious to worry about but um i had never seen the movies so as i was watching them my goal was to you know catch up on the movies so now i can say i've officially watched the entire Sex in the City collection, and I feel better for it. Oh, good job. <laughs> I was sad when it was over. I was like, oh, what am I going to watch for my stupid show now? And now we've just been watching Big Bang Theory over and over. Yep. I mean, we like the first few seasons of Big Bang Theory. They're uh, definitely better than the later ones. I mean, in general, the placement of the fake laughs still drive me nuts because it's at something that's like, well, clearly an audience full of people wouldn't find that funny or like that joke's just not funny. Um, but you're putting it there so someone will giggle at home. And they that's all been proven through tests. That's why they do it. Right. It's like they can write a certain type of joke. And if they don't put a laugh track on it, you will never laugh at it. But if you hear a laugh track, you laugh like you used to. So um, I get why they do it. But it's definitely sometimes you're like, man, this show's kind of I don't know. But Sheldon kills right. it with his facial expressions. Anytime they can use his awkwardness is yeah. uh, is good. Um, lean to Raj. I find is almost a pointless kid. I mean, I know this right is a little controversial. I think they used him just for the race card, like to have some diversity on the cast. And they point make a point of that when Sheldon's kicking out a member of the group. Oh, well, <laughs> that's funny. But I mean, the actor it doesn't stand out to me. His what they do with his character. I'm all like, I don't think this whole, like, you can't talk to girls isn't that clever. And then it, it turns out he's just a spoiled rich kid. I don't know. Yeah, there's like, not a lot of payoff for Raj. Yeah. Um, and then Penny, just she's she's vain. She's superficial. She doesn't ever treat Leonard with any kindness. And then they just totally 
do, take a, like a weird turn with her character. Yeah, like, oh yeah, by the way, she's not like any of the things we've talked about. We're not allowed to have her be a ditzy, blonde, can't succeed actress. So now we're going to make her this very successful corporate well, that's pharmaceutical what, sales lady. That was around the time Hillary Clinton was running for president. And we had to have women. They line. also chopped off her hair. Yeah, that aligned in with that vision. I didn't even think about that at the time. But anyway, back to my original list. We watched White Lotus. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. It was um, really good. On HBO or HBO Max, um, which I highly recommend. I think just about anything you choose there is going to be pretty good. But yeah, White Lotus is a new show. It had Connie Britton, who's uh, Mrs. Taylor from Friday Night Lights, or the lady from Nashville, or American Horror. She's in fucking a million things. Yeah, she's uh, great. But she's, uh, re- and she plays kind of a different character in this than normal that she normally plays. Normally she's like always in the right. And always like the moral high ground, but in this one, she's not necessarily. You she kind of does have some Nashville vibes, but yeah, not necessarily as moral as Raina James. Right, and then uh, I think Steve Zahn is the name of the guy who plays her husband. Um, if that's the guy from Saving Silverman and Strange Wilderness, man, I'm just thinking of all these movies. I don't, I didn't rewatch Strange Wilderness. <laughs> so good. Um, the no, plop, plop. Oh, plop. No, 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 I'm th- no, 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 no. I'm saying. Oh, the next you're character. the next one. Yes, plop from the office. Um, is also on it, and the whole time he's just playing like a more serious version of Andy from The Office, and that's how all I kept thinking about. And he does a really good job. And then the woman who plays his wife is the chick with the boobs from True Detective. We don't know her name, and uh, she does a good job. They put her in a lot of bikinis, so if that's your thing, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's just one of those shows that like they. Oh, set it, it has Stifler's mom. Yep, Stifler's mom's <laughs> in it. It's set in like, you know, this island resort. So like, it's just real beautiful, all the locations and settings. And then they're like, all right, and here's a pretty good acting and then the good settings. And I don't know, this is a good show. It opens up. You learn that someone coming back on the airplane, like it opens up like at an airport and you learn that someone on the airplane has been killed and they are returning the body to the yeah, States. And then they're like a week right. before and so, you're waiting to see how that happens. That's the basically the storyline. And originally it was just a mini series, but maybe it's getting a sequel. We don't know. Yeah, that's how all these things happen. Is uh they should be just one season, but the people are like, Well, we'll give you a lot more money if you can ride ride another one. So we'll see. Uh in between um Big Bang Theory and you working on stuff in the other room, I've wa- also watched The Undoing, which mm-hmm. you didn't really get to see much of. Yeah, I remember telling you about it when it first came out because I, I listened to some podcasts that said it was really good. It was really good. But if you like a murder mystery, whodunit sort of thing, it was good. Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant, um, they're both great. I like them both. They're icons right, they're of both, our generation. It's also an HBO show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. HBO miniseries. I don't know if there'll be a sequel or not. I don't think so. I think that one really will be a miniseries because they're both real big deals. Hollywood stars. Have shit to do. Yeah. Um, I also have been recently watching something called Scenes from a Marriage, which I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a, maybe at least one more episode. It's also a limited series on HBO, and it's based on some famous play. I think it's originally in a foreign language, and it's now been adapted to English and for screen. But it is very good. It's dialogue-driven. It's set just in a house and it cuts in and out of this one couple's marriage and it opens up in the first episode. You get hints that maybe they're unhappy, but they've never really said it out loud. And then in the second episode, 
you learn that the wife is going to leave the husband. She's been having an affair and she just kind of pulls the rug out from under, underneath him one night. He had no idea. And they also have a kid. So she just kind of runs away. And then the third episode was about they've been separated for a year or so and they come back one random night and hook up and you get the impression that things aren't going well for the woman after she left him and kind of wants to get back together, but doesn't really want to commit. And so I think there's going to be more because uh, I feel like the, there'll be at least one more for the fourth act. That's typically how many acts are in a play. So I think there'll be at least four episodes and it's good, but right it's on. very sad. Um, the woman is terrible. Um, and not very redeeming at all as of as far as it goes. But I think it could get some awards. Oscar something is the main yeah, guy. Uh, it's the guy who was in Star Wars, Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. He's name? like a big deal, I guess. He wrote it. Or no, he directed it, I'm sorry, and starred in it. Yeah, people like him a lot. I mean, I've never, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies he's been in besides Star Wars. And I was like, I didn't, I mean, he was barely in that one we went and saw. Yeah, and then the girl is, um, oh, she's a big deal. Jessica Chastain, redhead, is that right? Something Chastain sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's Jessica Chastain, but uh, it's good. And then the last thing, one more uh, that we've really been watching, rewatched, is Succession. Yeah, I think Succession's, I mean, I know it's hard to say. I think it's like the best running show, like currently airing show. Like there's new episodes actively coming out. But I know that's hard to say because there's so many good shows these days. But it's my favorite, I think. Has season three just started already? It comes out in like a couple weeks. So we've been trying to get ready for that. And then eventually we also want to watch The Sopranos. Yeah, we're going to go back and watch. I mean, I'll be honest. I still don't give a fuck. (laughs) Uh, I want to watch it. I mean, I hear all these podcasts where people have been watching it because they made some prequel movie. And Snappy gets over here and says it's great. And I know everyone thinks it's great. And I'm sure it is. I just, I, I'm just not, I've never cared about mafia stories, you know, and I, or mob stuff. Like, I just don't, it's just for whatever reason, that Italian American story shit, I just don't care. <laughs> it's another one of those like Salem things you don't care about. I guess so. There's just certain <laughs> historical uh, period pieces, things you're not. Well, I think it was just, it was so overdone when I was uh, growing up, everyone talked about the Godfather all the time. And then yeah. they were like, every fucking cartoon had a mob uh episode like satire episode you know I like mafia with fucking jay moore ain't no one out there know what that is except rusty and me i don't know if anyone else ever watched in the world but it was like a scary movie but for mafia movies you know it was pretty good uh so maybe that was it i just watched a comedy making fun of them early on and then now i want is i'll play mafia three it's a video game i think it's pretty good that you're a black dude taking out the mob in New Orleans, and I think that's kind of just cool. <laughs> like a solo yeah. gig? Yeah, so I think that's kind of a cool thing. I've never been much with this whole, you trust the mob families, but we can watch Sopranos. Uh, well, maybe you don't have to watch it with me. No, I, I, I need to because I watch so many TV shows that I just need to say, yeah, I've watched it, but okay. I'm just not excited. Well, I wasn't excited about The Wire. It took me a long time to get excited for that. Right, it's true. And I like it a lot. And I'm really glad I could say I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, I just think The Wire, uh, the reason it is good, because, you know, I was saying about it when we were watching it, is it just tries to connect. Uh, it does a good job showing, like, that the mayor or the politicians and then also the, like, lowly street level people and how it's all connected and how normally the politicians are worse 
than the street people. <laughs> yeah, yeah and we on that note, we should talk a, take a brief moment to shout out the guy who plays um, Bubbles. No, <laughs> well, I do love Bubbles, but I was talking about the mayor. Oh, uh, Peter Baelish from Game of Thrones. What's his name? His name in The Wire. It starts with a P. Uh... I keep want to say Petrelli. But it's not Petrelli, but yes, I know why you're thinking that. Um, but yeah, we just watched, so I should know it. But um, anyway, he's in the last few Pavetsky seasons. Pavetsky or something. It's something like, it's something weird. Right. Anyway, he's great. He does a really good job as this as well, the mayor. And then if you watch Game of Thrones and you know him as Littlefinger later on Game of Thrones, you're like, oh, I see why they can't. Like, it makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. It, but you don't see it at first. At first, you're like, there's no way this is Littlefinger. And then you, you watch it and you're like, oh, I totally see. Well, I didn't know who he was before. And so anytime you would talk about him on the wire, to me, it was hard to imagine him anybody outside of Game of Thrones. But right. yeah, it is. It's a very smart casting decision. Yeah. It was good. Um, I feel like there's so much more. So I mean, basically, we just watch. Or, I watched Full Bloom, season yeah, two, some flower reality show. Um, we still Big watch Kitchen Nightmares, and then we watch um, House Swap, Wife, Wife Swap. Swap. So those are our two dumb shows. But yeah, Big Brother just ended, so that took up a lot of our time for mm-hmm. watching TV. Um, Three episodes a week. It was okay. It was an okay season. It was kind of obvious from the beginning who was going to win, but it was interesting watching the cookout Alliance try to make it to this final six. And then when they did, it would kind of fell off from there. Cause you didn't really. Right. And even then, like they, t- they're casting because the way they did it, it just didn't have the typical go. Like there wasn't really the strong dudes except the guy who won, you know, I, mean, I guess he was, but he didn't come across like as the macho guy. Like typically big brother has a certain, um, uh, there was template. No, there was no douche, I guess you yeah. could say. There's usually some really jerky guy. Who, and maybe that's because they got him out early or whatever, but it was missing some Brent, sort of... <laughs> Brent was yeah. the jerk. <laughs> it was missing some sort of conflict. Uh, and then at, with with an all-black alliance that were like, hey, we're voting out everyone else who's not black, uh, it made it seem like you couldn't really critique or say anything without it coming across as like a thing on race. And it was like, oh, all right, well, everyone just cheering, I guess, for them. And they're gonna like. I, mean, I was, I was cheering for them. I yeah. thought it was interesting and impressive to watch. I just think it it just changes it, you know. And the it's been said because I mean I've seen the defense online that you know there's been plenty of alliances that were all white people and no one cared. I would just always like, yeah, but if they would have like gotten together and said, hey, fellow whites, <laughs> let's make this a lot. Well, at least they different. were honest about it and upfront and didn't try to lie about their agenda. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think, I just don't think any uh, alliance in Big Brother history ever's agenda was race and German. But I could be wrong. I'm off these people. You know, I'm giving them my uh, <laughs> morals or whatever. Um, and then I've been playing video games. I've beat Deathloop. I have mixed feelings about it. I really like the studio that makes it, you know, and I really like the game top. I think more people should try it. But I was really let down by the ending. It was the most anticlimactic ending of a video game I've had in a while. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't even care about platinum in or trying to do any more to it. I'm just kind of over it. And that's an odd feeling because lately I've been trying to really beat the fuck out of video games, you know, all the way to the end. Yeah. Get the money's out of it. But I was like, oh, I don't know. But it's a cool game. I mean, it's a fun premise. You just repeat the day over and over again, like a Groundhog Day scenario. So a lot of people think that's repetitive. And of course it is. 
but like you know maybe in the afternoon if you're at one place and you find a note it'll tell you something about in the morning if you're at this other place you could figure out this you know right. so like does this cool thing uh you know with um the way you play through it um but yeah i thought i was going to the end and i was real excited for like a final mission because that's how video games nim- normally work and i get to this area and then the whole ending is just a cut scene and then not even that um like interesting of one and then i was like that's it i don't even have to fight anyone i just like i don't know it was just something about it that i was it really threw me off yeah he said you weren't even expecting to finish it when you did so yeah. you thought you'd come back and enjoy it some more and it was just over yeah so i don't know it was very odd um it's also pretty short so i know a lot of people that matters i actually don't mind a short game these days because i don't have time to for the i mean i think about playing another like 80 hour rpg and i'm like oh that's so much time so much time to put in one game um but anyway, that was my video game of the year. I'm still trying to platinum Hades. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. But the game's so good that I'm like, well, I really want to do it. Um, we'll see if I can stick with it or not. Yeah, but you've technically beat it, so you can yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. Whenever you're in the mood. I've beaten it 30 or 40 times now or something. <laughs> Some stupid number of times. Um, I don't. I need another game to play. I have none on my radar. You know, I've avoided the NBA 2K video game. But now that I beat Deathloop, I'm like, well, it does still exist. But I kind of have to wait till it's say, on isn't sale. Isn't it coming out again, though, soon? No, I mean, it came out like a month ago. Oh, okay. And then I didn't buy it, and I was going to avoid it completely and not buy it at all. But Now you don't have anything to play. Now I'm like, well, but if I could get it on a good sale, I could like convince myself it mm-hmm. was a smart choice to wait. There might be a sale in November and yeah. before Christmas. Well, basketball league season's about to start, so I can even see them doing some sort of flash sale. Mm-hmm. To celebrate, I don't know. I'll keep my eyes open, and maybe I shouldn't waste a bunch of money on video games either. You know, that's another thing. Right. Same with me and books. I feel bad about it all the time because I bought two of the same book this month. Right. Well, I, I mean, I just think about it. I have all these other <laughs> games I could play. Um, you know, I don't know if you have necessarily other books you could read, but I have other video games I definitely could. play Oh, I definitely have other books I could read. And so sometimes I'm like, should I? I should just really focus on clearing out the backlog. We're at that Super NES Classic. That's like. All these old games I would love to replay, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to sit down. Do well, that. my book of the month subscription is already paid up until next March or whatever. But I'm thinking after that, I'll probably cancel it. Right. Got to figure out. But I really love it. I got some annual subscriptions. That I'm not sure when they run out. So I need to figure out some of that shit. I might change it to month to month. That's what I did for Alcrate for like six months. Then you weaned yourself off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Do you got anything else we need to talk about while you're on here? You not know? really. Not at the moment. It's the beginning officially of October. So I've you just. You got third booster shot? I got my, yes, I did. If anybody cares, I got the third booster shot and I've been fine. Just a sore arm. It's been. I'm debating if I'll get one. I don't know how to get one. But five days now. We'll see if I do. I just feel like, you know, when we got them before, it was cool because you're like, hey, we get to go back to life as normal because of this shot. And now it's like. Hey, get a shot. What's different? Nothing. Everything is exact. And I know like you live with the knowledge that you're less likely to die if you get it and all that. But like as far as like how you live your life, there isn't much different from third shotters to two shotters, you know. Right. And so. Well, I'm also getting the flu shot and a B12 shot next week. So I'm going to be all shotted up. Yeah. I need a, I'll probably get the flu shot too. Fuck it. As long as it's free. <laughs> yeah, it's I'll free. I'll take it. It's free. And so. I'll do it at work. So why not? Yeah, some of my thoughts on it. Um, and then I we also watch the news every morning. I mean, oh. I mention this on the podcast sometimes, and yeah. how I'm slowly trying to convince you 
that uh, the media is all crooked and look how shitty it all is. I mean, I already knew any of that. It's not like you're telling me right, anything right. new. But I'm just, just really used pointed to out. not watch the news, <laughs> and now I'm watching it, and I'm waking up every morning with terror. And so, yeah, fun. Fun way to start the day with the news. I like watching the weather. The local weather girls, I feel like, are friends because they're there every yeah, day. Yeah, we're a big fan of Amber Nowatsky. She, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, she comes across well. She's she, on the camera. Yeah, the other ones seem like idiots, but she does well. Yeah, and then they also have a filter porter who's like cockeyed. And it <laughs> kind of every time you're like, well, good for her. And I know that sounds like, and she's totally competent she doesn't she does a job just as good as anyone else would right yeah but like and like nothing weird at all but your first thought is like well i'm glad they hired her even with well, her you, yeah i mean her face isn't your typical tv face yeah but she's it's not necessarily unattractive but it's noticeable that her eyes are different placed right. placed on different spots of her face well it's on the left right it's an up down yeah it's one. an up down thing and so it's different than you've typically seen. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed the local news. And then as soon as today's show comes on, I'm like, all right, I guess I need to get start getting ready. You know, yeah. That's like I, that's what I use. It's it seven for. o'clock. Comes today's show comes on at seven o'clock. And then I get annoyed at the Today Show because I think Hoda's the most fake fucking person <laughs> on television. And I just can't watch it. And then um, man, I can't remember his name. There's like this black dude. Oh, they I like have. Savannah Guthrie. Yeah, Savannah's cool. There's this black dude the more, and he's fun. He just Lester. Is they it? put no. That's the guy who has the evening news. Oh. Um, he just comes in like right, like they have a sad story that like Hoda or someone will talk about. They'll be like, and on football this week, like they just give him all the like bro stories. Say, you know? I, guess, I don't know, remember. And so, I don't know who you're talking and about. And it's just always so juxtaposed to like the sad story that it like it always comes across like he's a douche. But I know it's just because he they give him the like let's get a happy storyline. Yeah. But it's like always right after like, and this week so and so you know children died in this place. He's like. Huh, New York Giants, huh? <laughs> You're like, oh god. I guess I don't pay attention to his segments. I'll have to make a note as we move on to watch yeah. some of his stuff. You should, you should pay attention though. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, we have a a real real dope podcast coming out in a couple of days for anyone that stuck around this long. So y'all check that one out too. All right. Uh, peace. Bye.